This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with the Jewish Journal. Check them out at jewishjournal.com. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, israelnationalnews.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit 2njb.com slash donate. In Israel, the Holy Land, the religious epicenter of the world, it's not easy to come by a kosher bacon cheeseburger. That's right. You heard me right. A kosher bacon cheeseburger. At Bodega, this is not an oxymoron. Founded in 2019, Bodega has Tel Avivians and Israelis alike in a fanatical food frenzy. From their Philly cheesesteaks to their BLTs, everything is kosher and everything is certifiably, mouthwateringly delicious. Sitting right across from, cinema, from the Cinematech, Bodega is Tel Aviv's newest American-style burger joint. Todd Ahrens grew up in L.A. and has been a professional chef for over 20 years. He has worked in kitchens in Italy, New York City, San Francisco, L.A., and Israel, and was founding executive chef of Tierra Sur in Oxnard, California. James Oppenheim has been working in high-tech for over 20 years before entering the food business. We are super excited to host the owners of Bodega, Todd Ahrens and James Oppenheim, on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you guys? Hi. Terrific. All right, we got through that. <laughs> Staying dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm ashamed to admit, I told you guys this before, but I have yet to be there, but I'm so excited because you guys brought us something. Yeah, but this is I from don't. the deli down the block. Oh, this isn't from <laughs> Bodega? Look at his face. No, so I mean, you know, we just now. felt like we shouldn't end up. You know, uh, come empty-handed. So okay, we'll okay. Out. That's nice. No, I was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you see, I, I told you. That. I ate that. I ate that up. That's yeah, right. me too. <laughs> well, that's what you get for not having come yet. Yeah. So. Now, yeah. I'm dis- now I'm disappointed. <laughs> you didn't eat it up yet. Yeah. But, so, okay, I, I, I got to... Uh, I, imagine I have a T-shirt. There is no such thing as a kosher cheeseburger. Convince me otherwise. Oh, you guys are looking at me? Oh. Change my, yeah. Change my mind. Change my mind. Yeah. Um, also, there is no such thing as a kosher, kosher bacon. Well, let me put it to you this way. Uh, there is no such thing as kosher food. There's only good food and bad food. Okay? That's a good answer. So yeah. you can taste... Kosher and not kosher. Good food Doesn't and make bad a difference. Food. Yeah. When I go no. to the restaurant every day, I plan on <laughs> making good food, not kosher food. But that's... that's, pro- that's many would argue it's a challenge that... Like you cannot many that are probably jaded in some way. So, so ch- change my mind. Well, I can't change your mind unless you're gonna actually <laughs> eat the food. No, but, but I mean, I mean, the the point is, it it looks okay. It's it's very hard to to because the thing is, cheeseburger is made with cheese, bacon is made from um, pork, and. Trying to fake it for for someone like me who's completely atheist, uh, secular, it's just it, it it it's a bit sad. Like if you can't have the real thing, why try to aspire to it? Just uh, find other lanes to excel at. So uh, I'll, does I'll, it make any sense what I'm saying? Or is it if, just... if you don't mind, I'll I'll take that. I I hear what you're saying. It's like. Um... Why should people get plastic surgery, for example? This is who you are. Change your, why change yourself? What you, are, what you are is what you are. 
And what I think Todd was saying is the misconceptions about Kashrut, I'm with you also, atheist, hello, out there in TV land, podcast land. Um, I, I do eat kosher food. I also eat kosher food. I'll eat anything that tastes great. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what brought Todd and me together because the, the whole idea of kashrut is, is, in our view, not a place that you arrive to and that it's binary. I know that's generally the way it's understood, kashrut, that there's that, especially in Jewish ideas of separation, of havdalah, all of that sort of thing, there's something that's acceptable, that's something that's not acceptable. Well, what's happened, I think, in in recent years, and Todd is a, a proponent of it and one of the people who started this way of looking at things, is that Kashrut is a jumping off point. It's not a place that you arrive to. It's a place that is part of the journey, if that makes sense. So when you're when you're trying to understand, well, what do you mean kosher bacon? It's a contradiction in terms. It's like jumbo shrimp, right? They cancel each other out. But when you start to discuss on, on a deeper level what is actually bacon, the definition of bacon is not pork. The definition of bacon is a process. It could You could create it's, bacon out of lamb. You could create bacon out of beef. You could create bacon out of pork. And the sadness isn't, but I think what you're describing, I don't find there's anything sad with people trying to have great experiences, whatever they are. So can you have a chicken entrecote by that? A uh, chicken entrecote? Well, if that... <laughs> No, the entrecote no, is you're, part you're, of the You're, you're too fixated on the actual terms. Yeah, I mean, people b- borrow uh, culinary terms and try to make them into something else. You're saying entrecote, make it uh, chicken. Chicken doesn't have that longissimus dorsi, the actual muscle that is the entrecote. Exactly. I, get, I get what you're saying. But bacon is belly fat, belly meat. So, But it, most animals have belly meat. Like lamb, like farm animals. But none of them is as good as the yeah, real but thing. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, I want to get to that. Wait, wait, I want to <laughs> talk about that for a moment. When, when has any Israeli had the real thing? Because I myself have eaten heirloom uh, uh, pork. I've, I've you know, raised pork in America and I've, I've eaten real you know, belly. Uh, you know, uh, and made myself pork belly, pork belly, and yeah. made, so you and know, so I know. Uh, but to be here, true. what what there is is a really poor representation of it that's available, unless you because yeah, right. So people are ignorant. Even, but even the pork, but, even the pork, but objectively, but they have nothing to even compare it to. That's what I'm saying. As they come in, they yes. say objectively, they say, hey, oh, this is not. <laughs> if the chazir is the only thing that makes it bacon, and it's not good, then that's really uh, that makes perfect sense. But I, I, am I am I too pushy? Eitan is giving me these looks. No, it's, it's very no, important. To, it's very important to me because no, because I knew this no, would no, be no, tell, me what, me, tell me what's digging at you. I, I'll tell you what. In Tel Aviv, in the in the past year, l- more and more restaurants stopped serving pork, stopped serving bacon on their burgers, and moved to a lamp bacon, which to me is it, it's fraudulent. Right. To sell. Wait, wait. Why would they? Why is that even the case? You think? <laughs> you gotta be kidding. Uh, first me. of all, I don't even know if it's true, but let's it say is it is true. No, okay, let's say it is more true. But, but why, I, I'll, why I'll, 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 can, I'll give you references later. Why? But why, why? it's happening? Yeah. Because uh, for some peculiar reason, Israelis who are secular, uh, who eat shrimps, who eat seafood, they won't touch pork. So many restaurants here in Tel Aviv realize like they're losing lots and they won't go to restaurants that serve pork, even though they're completely secular. That's which to me is bizarre. 
And so many restaurants decided it's a business decision to stop serving pork. But think of it, I, w- I would think of it in a bit of a different way. My wife just got back from India recently. And um, what I thought was kind of cool, we talked a lot about it, is, look, she's a yoga person. She's not hanging out at the fast food joints that I go to, right? But she did make a stop inside of McDonald's just for the sake of our marriage, I guess. And one of the things that she saw that was really cool, in my opinion, was that if you look at the menu of McDonald's there, there are no beef burgers. They make it out of mutton. Right now, it's not because every single person in India is Haredi. It's not that's not the reason why. But there is something that I think when when something's in public, there's a bit of an understanding of of identity or national identity. And I I don't know these folks who are secular but won't eat pork. I I don't understand that either. We're on the same page with that. But life is complicated, and most people aren't consistent, and that's okay. And if they, there is a demand, and we're, we're showing that there is a demand, to be able to experience what the world has to offer in a way that could actually unite people and not divide people. So on, on the bodega, in the bodega example, what we see, and we see it all the time, is I, w- I would say, I would estimate maybe, I don't know, depending on time of day, maybe 10 20% tops of the people who come to our restaurant are what we would all consider people who keep kosher, okay, with all the flexibilities that you mentioned and all that sort of thing. But there are tons of people who don't. And there are a lot of people also who aren't, I know, I, I know this is Israel and all, but they're not Jewish either, right? These are people, whether they're Muslim, Christian, etc., cetera, uh, especially Muslims who hadn't been able to eat or try at least pork, and then suddenly you see, and you see it at Bodega all the time, there'll be tables outside and it'll be uh, secular Jews, religious Jews, uh, uh, Israeli Arabs, Palestinian Arabs. They're all this mix of people. To our listeners, Arabs also don't eat pork. Muslims. Muslims. Right. Yeah. Muslims. So when, when what we see is, like, we could have a high-level conversation of, of the theory of, well, why are you doing it? What, in a way, like, I don't even think it's relevant. What to me is real important, and maybe it's because I'm from the States, is what the market dictates and what the market wants. And if the market is having a particular kind of demand, what we see, especially if, if we're going to break down uh, the audience of people who come to Bodega, the people who appreciate and love us most are the Israelis who have traveled. Israelis, local Israelis, who realize that the experiences that they had, whether in New York and L.A. or Miami or London or anywhere else, there, there's this thirst, there's this desire to have those experiences, to, to have that kind of fun, funky, crazy place where they could just hang out and have great food. It's that, that Todd, and, Todd and I are, it, it's interesting, we're born two weeks apart, we're like brothers from another mother, and our DNA are those places, the, the places that you remember as a kid, whether it's in Alabama or whether it's in Tel Aviv. It doesn't matter. Everybody has those memories of when they were young and the smells and the, and the sounds and the, and the dude behind the counter who would putting out great food with great love. Like that's really what our message that's is much more uh, than, I mean, than the time, actual detail. We had discussions about how there is no American food here for like real american food nowhere 
there's no there also it's not only american there's no real italian food here in israel because right. they don't serve pork which is ba- yeah well, so, I, wanna, I, want... I don't think i gotta i gotta but i don't think pork is italian food or is oh, american it's a food. huge part of italian like, i mean without it's... pork there agree. is no italian food. <laughs> there's a lot of pork and there's a lot of pork in american food but there's american food that doesn't have pork in it and there's italian food and you can make it with other things and it's delicious so what's the difference without so cheese i want to i want to interject Italian. something yeah. and we'll, i want to talk let's from the, the let's the, from, let the yeah, chef from the from the chef perspective We're, we'll talk a little bit about um ingredient and like what we choose like and how we cook um if you look at and like you're saying like the whole idea about it being lamb and so forth i'm looking for the best product like when i said to you about good food and bad food if i if i go out there and you tell me there is and I mean, not that I would because I am kosher myself, but that there is in this area, in this region, that there is amazing pork that's being raised. And that's what we, this is traditionally what we eat here. It's not. There is amazing lamb that's being raised here. And you mean in Israel? In Israel. Yeah. And that is a product that is viable, that is uh, affordable and, and is amazing. And there's a tradition of eating it here. Um, I recently wrote something about uh, you know, all the newspapers are all in, in about lamb bacon. Like you said, it's becoming more popular. Um, that the the idea behind it is that there's there's smoking and curing, and we don't have there, this is an area that there is no wood, right? So what you would have here is lamb. You do have preserved lamb here. It's called Berber lamb, or lamb that where they used to take mutton and or lamb, preserve it in uh, in oil and spices, and bury it in the ground. Um, Bedouin would do it, and, and this is what they would eat in the desert, right? So this is sort of a form of preserved lamb. There's no wood here to smoke. I mean, that's more of a European process. Mm-hmm. So the whole process of, of smoking and making bacon really started in Europe, where obviously that's the process of cooking. So now we are we're more evolved. We have new cook tech, you know, obviously the techniques of cooking here, and where you could smoke, and where there's more barbecue things that are going on. So it would make sense that you take a product like lamb, which is very good here, and you would apply the processes of the new processes of smoking and preserving them. Uh, great foods have come out of many preservation techniques, and, and obviously, we, you know, lamb or bacon being one of them. So that's what I'm saying. It's more of a process. Now, as a, as a chef, all I ask myself is, I want to produce a great product. Now, it's funny to me because amongst Jews, we always have this conversation. Oh, it's pork. It's lamb. It's not real. With the Israelis, you know, where I cooked in in, in Los Angeles. My whole kitchen is not Jewish. They're either Filipino, Mexican. They are uh, culinary graduates. They are uh, chefs themselves, and they have no hangups. So when I'm started making lamb bacon there, they some of them started preferring it to you know, the because they like the flavor. They're just honest with themselves, like, oh, this is great. And in fact, they would ask to take it home because some of their family members would say, you know what, this is really amazing. So that's what I'm saying. We are we have so many of these filters that we're trying to say, oh, we're trying to do this. There's so many restaurants here. They have lobster from Maine, or they have this. Like, really, you're gonna fly in lobster to Israel to have, just so you can have shellfish on your menu? It it doesn't it doesn't go along with my food philosophy either. My food philosophy was born way before I became kosher. Uh, Chef Peter Hoffman in New York. Uh, we would go to the green market. We were into almost like the Dan Barber uh, idea behind behind food about local, you know, not just localism, but but things that don't require shipping them in by uh, by plane, you know, using jet fuel. So what's the local what's the local uh, food, and how could you improve it? How could you reinvent it or, or uh, 
give it back in a new technique. Is that from like a sustainability place Sus- or from like a freshness? Yeah, sustainability too, but also like sort of what you cra- what you what your body would crave in that area. It's a philosophy of like if you live in this area, like in winter months there are, there are scarcity of certain foods and you know, obviously Israel is much like like uh, Los Angeles where there's like, you know, there's a constant flow of a lot of, you know, produce and a lot mm-hmm. of things. But um yeah, it's it's a sustainable but it's also local, you know, it's it's also less uh, carbon in, uh, footprint yeah, yeah. on the, you know, not using jet fuel to bring in your, you know, shellfish from uh, North America to yeah. just so you could have it on a menu. Like, what's the? I don't understand the. There are so many good products here, and there's so many great cooking techniques here, um, from the Arabic world. From you know, uh, you could just you could delve into that, and you could, and some people do it. They do a great job of it here. I'm not saying, but the, to me, it's it's a, it's not even a main point of like why is it lamb obvious it's lamb that's that's the if you go to um southern france yeah it's pork okay because that's what they would raise that's how we do it and i agree with you about italy i lived and i worked there (laughs) i mean it is pork i get it but that's what if you went to an italian chef and you would tell them Oh, you can't use pork and you can't no, use real cheese. The, he would ma- kill you. Struto de maele is, the, uh, is, is even in their bread. He it's would even, murder you. Of course. <laughs> but, but You afraid? <laughs> no, A bit. But listen. But he is there, shaking. <laughs> but there is, um, but that's what I'm saying, is paying homage to those traditions. Um, we don't, Israel itself is uh, very exciting because there are a lot of traditions, but there's so many immigrants here. From so many different places, mm-hmm. we're all bringing new, new, exciting techniques and new, you know. By the way, one million Russians eat pork in right. Israel, yeah. right? But I think, like, you know, food being such a cultural thing, but also being like, like an art, it's it's like walking this fine line between like maintaining traditions and like experimenting and breaking the boundaries and like to to live within that box. I feel like doesn't really right. Well, I mean to be honest with you, I'm I'm co- I became kosher. I was I became how come? Um, it was a personal journey for me. It was a religious journey, and that's that's personal for me. It's my relationship with God. Okay. But for our um, listeners, you're not you're not wearing a kippah. Yeah, I mean I was so. wearing a hat. Don't tell my wife that. Oh, okay. <laughs> did I just part. did I just did I just out you? Yeah, he just outed me. <laughs> I'm so, oops. Uh, I was working in the restaurant, honey. I was wearing my hat. No. We're gonna fix like, that in post production. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we'll okay. just cut out the knot. You <laughs> are wearing a kippah. Yeah, I noticed that you were wearing a kippah. That's my bald spot. Um, no, I mean listen, I I um. I, I hate having this discussion because to me it's it's very to me my relationship and my religion is very personal. Fair enough. what I would like everybody, you know, I think it's not relationship between you and another you know, it is actually. But I mean like you and God. It's your own relationship. Yeah. So for me, like I, I became I was working in New York and it's a long story, but I was uh, looking for spirituality. I grew up uh, conservative. I didn't know much about Judaism. I went through Buddhism, all the whole you know, movement in New York. Whole cycle and, of yeah, the whole cycle. Everybody was always looking for something. So people people want a spiritual part of their life. They want to grow in that aspect. So eventually, for me, and 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 rightfully so, I felt very comfortable with coming back to uh, to Judaism or learning more about it and becoming more observant. So for the past, uh, you know, now over twenty two years, I, I've been kosher, and I had to make that meld with my my my. Uh, my career before that, I was not a kosher chef. I did not. I worked and lived in Italy. I worked and uh, trained in San Francisco. I was not kosher. In fact, I knew nothing about kosher whatsoever. And I, and I was going to give up my career at one point if I couldn't create food that I thought was worthy. That my peers, uh, the other people I worked with in kitchens, other chefs thought that it was just as good. I would not continue because it wouldn't make sense to me to 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 
but it was important enough to me in my life to make that decision. And, and that was been my challenge for the past, you know, like Jim said, in, in, the, in the, the melding of those two worlds of kosher and my culinary career have been really what I've been forged to do. So, and I, and I want to mention just because it's sort of like, it's charcuterie. It's the idea. I used to do plenty of pork charcuterie, obviously, is the art of like um, forming like, you know, terrines and pâtés and, and sausages. And I love that part. And I didn't want to give that up. So I found like alternatives, but I don't think anything that is, that would, that you could say is, uh, would take it down a notch. Like, oh, it's not as good. If it's not as good, trust me, I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't be sitting here. So wait, let's, I want to get into a bodega a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, it sounds like you, I mean, you've been around, you've been a chef in some incredible kitchens. You, you're really knowledgeable about food. Isn't like, uh, flipping burgers beneath you? Oh, hell no. Okay. Hell no. So I have to tell you, <laughs> there's a place. No, it's like, because that's where it all starts. And James touched on it when he talked to you too about like where your favorite Wait, place you're is. you're the talent and he's the mind or what, what's the... <laughs> uh, why do you say that with surprise? <laughs> <laughs> what's the... Let's Actually, we'll get, we'll get into that. But no. <laughs> or, you, or you're both and you're just a no, pretty I, face. You gotta love yes, James. Yes, I am the pretty yeah, face. <laughs> James is the model face. Yes. The, yes. Okay. The cautionary tale. Yeah. So, no, but uh, the whole point is that I don't know where I was now. Burgers, burgers. How, how burgers, can a yeah. chef make right, burgers? Right, a burger chef. But look at all the chefs. They're all making burgers. I mean, look at them. I mean, everybody's doing it. Yeah. But, I mean, this the nothing's shouldn't be pompous enough to say, like, you know, this food. But let's, like I said, let's go back. Let's look at, like, where you started from. Like, where, where were your inspiration from uh, growing up? Your favorite, you know, when you're a kid, you have a, a great burger place that you love. Like, I had Apple Pan in Los Angeles. And I was like, I remember that burger. Not kosher. <laughs> nice, great Tillamook, you know, hickory burger. It's better than In-N-Out. It was great. Yeah, it's still there. The place is still oh. there. And, it, and I would say, to tell you the truth, it's, it's a little more special than In-N-Out. It is. It's, yeah. Okay. For in my, my book. But I do love In-N-Out as well. But I'm saying, but that kind of imprint on me as a, as a kid, and you're like, wow, this is great. Why does it taste like? Is, is a culinary experience. And, and most chefs will tell you that's where it started out with. Uh, Danny Meyer is not a chef, but he opened Shake Shack. But why did he open that? Because of the nostalgia of, of what he got, what, what he remembered at getting you know, great shakes and, and cheeseburgers. Roadside burger joint yeah. when he would go with his family. So and that is Lewis. just as much as an inspiration. And, and many places that I remember in my mind is like, that guy making, all I look for is food that's made by somebody who really cares, really gives a shit. You know what I mean? And you could tell that when you go to a place, if there's love or not. Right. So the guy could be flipping a burger or making a falafel, whatever. But you know when you go there that that guy is doing it and he really enjoys doing it. And you developed like the recipes and everything and the menu from scratch. Yeah. And you, you mean for the it? restaurant now? Yeah. No, I bought them all. No, of course not. <laughs> Actually, China. you know what? I, I would jump in because what I, what I, food is like sex in this way. It's really fun to talk about. But it's so much more fun to actually do it. And exactly. Yeah. Now, we did something that we don't ordinarily do. We brought some food with us. Because oh, for man. the full-blown oh, bodega experience, oh, yes. it's you really, you got to be there. Right. But we figured in this pouring rain that we'd hook you guys up Careful so we could have glass. something to talk Thank about. Thank you so much. Yes. That's yes. awesome. Of course, it's a pleasure. I'm pulling it out. The food, that yeah. is. Okay. I'm pulling out the meat. Uh, I, I said it's different oh. than sex. It's not the exact same <laughs> yeah. thing. Okay. He didn't I mean thought. it in a Clinton way. Exactly. 
Okay. okay so you want to you put these on the plates? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, you want to play We're them? civilized. Let's see what this we got is here. Civilized you, home. You, you like actually, you if you look at this, it. we um we we started with a food truck. So our in, our real DNA is that Wait. food truck right style. That's another thing, like you said about chefs. So look how many chefs have uh you know especially in Los Angeles. I'll breathe a knife and we'll cut okay. and we'll all okay. share it. Right. So yeah, it started out with food trucks. You know, like yeah. uh, it's a I'll great. Take your garbage. It's it's a, there's low barrier to opening up a food truck as opposed to a restaurant. So yeah, no, I gotta say that it really hurt me to ask that question well, because no, no it really no it really did because I am like I I, I wanted to ask you because I feel like that's a, a point of view that a lot of people have. But for me, it's like going to a burger joint is we cut the burger just in the best sure, culinary sure. experience. You ask. You can ask my girlfriend. She's just sick of burgers already. Like, I don't know what it is, yeah. but I, and this is why I'm ashamed that I haven't been because I didn't even know, but I'm ashamed that I haven't been because I fucking love burgers. Yeah. Excuse my language, but well, I, you could say burger in public. <laughs> <laughs> Majority but, of people do, <laughs> but I think there's like, it's, it's an art and you can like go around Tel Aviv trying like hundreds of different burgers. And I mean, my personal favorite, maybe it'll change right now. But my personal favorite is Ben's in Florentine. I don't know if you guys have tried it. I've I've pa passed by there with my son the other day, but I haven't been there. But it looks pretty cool. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot no, of competition. No, kidding me? There's a lot of competition. Oh, you're, not, you're not eating with no, no, no. for you guys. Get Are on. you kidding? So no. For you guys to don't be that oh, way. God. Come on. Here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So have let's have get into ones? the food. Let's get into okay. the food. And we can explain a little bit of what we do. Uh, so this has the fake bacon on it. Wait, no, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> huh? Pass a plate. There you go, man. There you go, brother. No, listen. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So James, our inspiration was exactly what we were talking about. And I, and I get what you're saying. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I tried. I came to Israel and I thought, listen, I had a, I only worked in high end restaurants to, to answer what you were saying. And I thought, but I, I always wanted to do like sandwiches. I always wanted to do, you know, like that's the places the chefs would go eat. We would go eat food truck. We would go eat after work. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of self-indulgent. It's like, you know, we did this, but it's really accessible. And mm -hmm. and there's you bring the same philosophy to it as you would any anything that you do. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it, there's not much of a difference. I, you know, as as far as philosophy and integrity of what we're trying to, yeah. what we're trying to, to no, I think, that, talk, I think that like, I think that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is hard for but, me but to actually do, but. before you get into yeah. it, I want to just talk a little bit about okay. the, the dish itself. Okay. Now Let's show it to the camera. Right now what's oh, really, man. what's really important to guys. get a handle on is virtually everything that you see, everything on is on that plate. If it wasn't manufactured in house, it was designed by us. It's all artisanal. For example, the bun. Okay, so we tried in vain to find a, a real burger bun, a real potato bun here in Israel. Good luck. When we, decide, when we saw that we weren't able to actually find one and buy one from a store, we were able to find an artisanal baker and design it from the ground up to make it the right size, shape, it, small thing of people. Well, like, we drove them crazy. Didn't yeah, we? we drove them crazy. It took months to get to it. Well, how, do, how does one do that? Well, in Can Israel, we eat while yeah, please. Yeah, please okay. do. And so this, this is, is torture. This yeah. is a, a bacon cheeseburger, okay. and this is another signature oh dish God. called a Reuben. I knew this podcast was worth it. These yeah. three years have three finally, years it finally paid off. Finally right? paid off. You'll still have to come and try a, a hot one. Now. Yeah, come on. <laughs> That's oh, a rainy really night enough. in Tel Aviv. <laughs> Can't we just invite you again for another episode? Every, every night, right? Every time I want a burger. <laughs> but bring we friends. Have Todd and James on again. Exactly. It's Todd and James hour, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So wow. what's going down in here, this is a smash burger. 
Smash Burger is a very particular way of making burgers that really doesn't so much exist here in Israel. Most of the burgers that you see, I like to call them toilet cloggers. They're these monster, big-ass burgers that I don't know how that happened here, but they became too big. The bigger, the better. The much more, um, um, I think, evolved kind of approach to burgers are is, is to smash them on a, a plancha, on a griddle, that you take a, a ball of meat, flatten it, cook it very, very quickly. The the patties you see are thin. That's it's a, Ethan's it's a, favorite. It's a quarter pounder that, wow. that we serve. That's the basic burger. And then we go up from there. But what that does, it gives that great crust. Again, you'd, you'd really feel it lots more when you're in the restaurant. But it gives that great crust, and it it's, it's binary in that either the burger is done or it's not. It's not like you could have one medium rare. It's a smash burger. It's a smash burger. It's a smash yeah, yeah, burger. Yeah. It's a smash burger. You can. I saw a video where you guys are smashing it on the grill. It's almost like there's already holes in between. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's like so thin that it already starts almost breaking up. That and that's what makes it so, oh, it's so tasty. Good. And that's a particular thing. Yeah, this you have incredible. the uh, you have that the browning of the meat, uh, the caramelization, the increasing the flavor. Reaction. Yeah, as they call it. The what? I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to sound sound like a total pretentious asshole. Um, Yeah, sorry, it's a little late for that. When you were talking about the belly browning, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but wait, what is it again? I need to know that term so that I can. Mallard browning is a browning of protein rather than sugars. So not what brown Maillard Maillard reaction Maillard reaction yes okay Google it <laughs> now I can now I can be condescending when I eat totally. burgers totally that's friends. why we're here <laughs> we're giving you tools to be a jerk right <laughs> so yeah. the thing is that uh, a lot of these flavors and, we'll and, and profiles we'll James and I grew up with with these burgers but we knew uh, we 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 you know we weren't uh, you know that big of assholes we looked around <laughs> Tel Aviv first to see what was going on you know like. Yeah, uh, we didn't assume that like we would. Uh, there are do, lots of burgers. There's lots of good burgers here. Yeah. One mile radius, a, a yeah. one mile radius from Bodega. There are 22 burger joints, and I've been to all of them. But I gotta say, this—that's what's nice about it—is that you. They're all very similar, like American Burger, Ben's. Uh, right. Uh, what's the one on uh, Mendelemos? Memphis. There's Memphis. They're all very similar. They're all that fat patty that like yeah. you were describing Moses. before. This is like different. Look, right. we chose to open in Tel Aviv because we wanted to be part of a culinary conversation. I, I, I don't, again, this is my caveat. If anything that I say sounds pretentious, just give me a break. Okay, I've been late. waiting to have like a, a like a pompous conversation about burgers with that's people. What, so. And someone to be more pretentious. That's why Noor is here. My, <laughs> yeah. we, we could have that conversation after yeah. we bounce. No, <laughs> come on. All good, In any all case, good. so if you if you look where Bodega is, we're a few doors down from uh, Miznon by Al Sheni, Mayor mm-hmm. Doni. There, there, there is a culinary conversation that's going on. And what you generally see are these Israeli celebrity chefs will have kind of a dumbed down, bastardized, kosher version of the things that they do. And Todd and I have been to some of these places and overhyped. <laughs> I don't I mean, when you're inside of the business, you don't I don't like talking about any other people's businesses because everybody should succeed. We're very positive about that sort of thing. However, there is a lot of room to add to that conversation, yeah. to bring something authentic to the table yeah. where you don't feel like you're missing out. I've been to, like I said, to those 22 burger places and there are more of them. If I know Todd well enough and we've been partners long enough to know that if we didn't have something particular to add, we wouldn't bother to do it. We'd do something else in the food business. What's your favorite though? Burger joint. 
Other except than, except for yours, like from those you can you Shake Shack, one? I think is pretty amazing. No, but here in Tel Aviv. Oh, um, you, no comment. You're gonna tough. It's tough for him. Gonna <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no comment. I'd say I don't have a favorite. Okay. Interpret that I the think, way you oh, think you'd like. That's that's that's. Uh, <laughs> that was cute of me, that's right? A cop out. Um, <laughs> have you you? I'm sure you like did. I've been uh, to all of them. You've been to all of them. Virtually all of yeah. them. Yeah. You totally. can you can yeah. just pick a non-kosher one. Then. And then what? <laughs> then, then, and then, 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 then I'll advocate going. Like, no, it's not even about the business side. Honestly, guys, if if I felt that there was, I took a bite of a bird. Do you know what that's like asking? What pizza do you like best in Tel Aviv? The answer is I like them all equally. What, what bagel place do you like? Because when you're from New York, you got to understand there's yeah, this madness that New Yorkers have that mm -hmm. if you're not from there. When you're talking pizza, when you're talking bagels, there are certain things of, of what you understand. And that's not to say there isn't great pizza or, well, there isn't. Here. We'll put that aside yeah. in theory. Yeah. But yeah, there can be, but there is a lot that needs to be done. What what you do have, you do have some really great food yeah. here in Israel. And I think a lot of it is what Todd was saying before. It's the, the food that's native to the place. Yeah. That's what's real important. And and when we actually, when we named our restaurant. At least ingredient based, you know, there's a lot of people doing new things with it. But, but that's absurd yeah. because in, in Tel Aviv, people like the most burgers and pizzas. Mm -hmm. And we, what you say essentially is that as a New Yorker and uh, like none of them like they they it's true though that I, some I of the I places that's what I'm saying I'm not putting I'm sorry to jump in no, no, but it's cool. uh, you're asked which is my favorite I say, and I say I like them all equally you could interpret that the way you take I'm going to interpret it like this the truth is there's a lot of places that are Mediocre. really hyped up in Tel Aviv and they're like my favorite place is a place that not many people know about And all the places that people really hype up, like I ate at American Burger and I don't want, I mean, like I'm not afraid of bad mouthing because I don't have a business or anything right. like that. I don't need to be a PC. It's not that good. Yeah. But, it's a but, good burger, but, but it's not but, like. But what about uh, the Vitrina? Vitrina is like, I think it's, there's a good consensus. Eh, it's about a bit, that. it's a bit too uh, like. Wait, a consensus uh, a among who? Among who is there a consensus? That it's a nice burger? Okay. Oh, Vitrina. Uh, okay. Yeah. They got, a, they got a cool neon sign. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's exactly like. the point. And by the by the way, and and no, take lemon this zest on fries. Come on, uh, dude. Uh, That's, That's not exactly a... the point. You could take this <laughs> take I, this I however you like. It's tasty, it. but it's not a burger experience. Oh, it, it's the like a marketing twist. what what the internet I, has I done. I agree with you on that. <laughs> what the internet has done with food and many other areas of life, obviously, is it 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 has transformed our opinion or our view of what makes something good by how photogenic it might be or by how many people like the picture or any of that stuff it's instagram ability it, as as i like to say the revolution will not be instagrammed okay <laughs> like when the revolution is coming up on the ground whether it's on the political stuff or whether it's all of this i think that food is is an essential part of connecting people how how many I, like I like you mentioned in the introduction in in I've been in high tech for over 20 years and I'm telling you with all the deals and investment all the different crazy stuff that I did over the years how many of those deals went down over lunch over drinks and I'm not a drinker but that if, if the food is mediocre in the then the, the deal is, is medio mediocre it's tougher Is that when from Trump's we, book? Uh, one of the laws. Of actually, the he's, a, he's, a, he's about the Mickey D's. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> you take that. You could also interpret that the way you like. But the, but the point is just, and I, I'm not 
pitching just so you know what we're talking about here. So that was the, the bacon cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I we got to talk about so that yeah. you can describe it to me while okay, I eat it. So I this like is a Reuben. Okay. This is the Reuben. The Reuben yeah. is, is oh, special. To me, I got to say, it reminds me, uh, there's a bit of a shukut. Yeah. Right? It, That's well, the homage. Yeah, well, there's uh, sauerkraut. We make yeah. our own sauerkraut. Uh, you, the German the, German pronunciation. I don't know. Okay. Right or the well, this was the kimchi. Shukrut is, is a it's a, a it's yeah. It, it's, Shukrut yeah, is it's a, a kind of a is a cabbage dish. Yeah. It's a cabbage dish. With, uh, yeah, with with tomatoes and. Shukrut is is sauerkraut in German. Um, well, it's actually the dish of like sausages cooked e- with exactly. uh, with with cabbage, which but the cabbage exactly. has been uh, made into sauerkraut. Yeah. Yeah. So Whatever this is, it is, is we delicious. make our own. This yeah. is uh, it's, it's really so we sour our great. own sauerkraut. And so from the sauerkraut, we make kimchi. This is mm. my, my L.A. influence of Koreatown. So nice. uh, we, do, we do a very good uh, kimchi mixture of that, which is spicy, you know, Korean chilies. But the bread is also spectacular. Is it? Is yes, there, we have is that there, made for us as well. Yeah, we designed but, the bread. And, and is there like butter on it or something? No, is it it's buttery. Um, no, it's just a little bit of on it, man. Ah, right, right, right. <laughs> Damn, this is it how a far removed. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. I kept kosher for like three or four years. But He's just no, like... because it shines the bread. So I was like, did yeah. I, did I so toast it a, with? No, you get a lot of nice meat, meat juice and meat fat from the actual pastrami. So mm-hmm. we make a New York style pastrami that we smoke in house. Mm-hmm. So this is where I'm saying is like the. We, I like to refer to it as really slow fast food, right? So like what we're doing is the processes are very slow, very uh, tedious, and we like souring kraut ourselves, or you know smoking meat or curing meat, and then we produce great fast food out of it. Yeah. Um, and by the way, all so that integrity. I, 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 gotta, I gotta say, yeah. by like you guys have been hearing us eating, our listeners. This is like I really want to curse, but we we started a collaboration where we can't really curse yeah. as much. This is effing delicious. This yeah, is it's really nice. It's really good. I appreciate. It. Look, really good. you can feel you can feel the, the love. No, both the burger right. and this <laughs> are just like spectacular. Look, Matt, when 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 Todd was talking about the the slow processes and etc. So, I'll, let me give you an example. So we recently, um, with a partner of ours, uh, brought out our food truck and we did an event for hundreds of people. So let's say for sake of argument, the, the event starts at 12. We show up at 9, and then we begin prep, and then we pull the stuff from wherever it was in the kitchen, et cetera, making sure that everything is either fresh or house-made, et cetera. There was another food truck there. Let's say, like I said, it started at 12, 11.30. The guy shows up, starts opening cans and bottles. So you, you see how the process of what we do when things are house-made, when things are designed properly – whether it's in whether it's in food or tech or, or any area of life, at the end it might not be immediate that you see it, but at the end it's the quality that sings. So it, when you're talking about whether it's other either burger joints, sandwich joints, and we have a lot of other things that are coming out on the menu. We didn't bring you our dog. You the next next. Uh, to Hot Jewish dog. boys, oh, okay. this happens. Like, I was like, like I no, no, you guys cook Korean. Food. We talked about man bites dog, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not PC. Um, I mean, it's true, right? I, I missed that. We, we did, we did know. Well, let's, we're, we're gonna think when you said dog, we'll Mon- say bacon. Mongolia. I don't know. Sure. No, yeah. It was an article. You know the story about Khuldai, yeah. the mayor of Tel Aviv. He bragged that he ate dog. Okay. okay. Really? There yeah. are dogs that are bred for for meat, but he meant fish or like kelev. Yeah. He yeah. ate a ke- kelev. Oh, okay. I thought he said he ate he dog. Bragged, like, he was deal. like, yeah, I've, I've been to there China. I a, ate a, the dog. There was a food fanzine okay. called Meat Paper 
that I uh, that has had a subscription to. I actually have that issue somewhere. I'll bring it to you guys. And there is a whole article about uh, I forgot where exactly, but there is breeding of certain dogs that uh, they breed for meat. This stuff is so good that and, I don't care. Like you can talk about eating. Dogs. Anyways, okay, okay, I have a like, dog in it. And I'm just like, <laughs> but we're talking about hot dog. Pug. My oh, wife has so a pug. Good. So <laughs> no, we're talking about 100 uh, percent uh, beef hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Just to <laughs> so, just for the record, yeah. I'm gonna finish this burger. No, okay, go, go for ahead. it, man. <laughs> you guys just keep Say podcasting. That. Do you want me to make a call and bring some more food? <laughs> yeah, up? please. My, my Shalon is probably listening to this right now, and she's like, "Oh no, That's she knows bastard. there's another place now on the list." She likes yeah. the place that I go to now because it's close to home, but I think it's uh, I'm I'm gonna have to switch. You guys are a little farther away, but <laughs> that's gonna, okay. We have to deal with it. If you call me in advance, I'll run it out to the car. I, I want to ask. <laughs> I want to ask about uh, business because it's infamous. Tel Aviv is infamous for restaurant owners here don't survive. Like every year, dozens, maybe hundreds of restaurants close here in Tel Aviv, they say the margin, the profit margin is like, what, 10% barely. And it's so risky and it's excruciating. So why would you do that? Are you actually asking a question about risky startups in Israel? This is the home of Startup Nation. This is the home yeah. of folks who could be entrepreneurial. Look, the if you were to compare the food business to high-tech startup business, the... The rate of high-tech companies that fail is astronomical, but people still do it. And I don't believe that they're motivated solely by the money in that case. I think they're motivated by passion and a particular mentality. What you see the difference in food versus tech is that the barrier to entry of food is extremely low. If you have a frying pan and a fire and you just got back from your trip to Thailand, suddenly you're in business. That doesn't mean you know anything. Another difference between tech and food is when you're talking about technology, because some of it could be, or at least be perceived as sophisticated and complicated, it could be a black box to people. Oh, I don't know anything about technology. They're not going to enter their opinion. They're not going to start having this conversation. But when it comes to food, part of the reason why I got into the food business, when it comes to food, everybody, if you're alive, you got to eat. And you're eating probably two, at least two or three times a day. There's a familiarity with food. And then suddenly people think that what they know is meaningful simply because they have so much experience with actual eating. Well, I know how to do this or I know how to do that or my mother taught me how to do that and that's really good. And some of it is amazing. But once you bring it out to market and there's real competition, you have to up your game. I don't know how anybody could open a food business without a chef, just like I wouldn't open a, a technology company without a CTO, without a chief technology officer. It's, that is the analogy to understand. So when you see, and the numbers will prove it and show it, so many food places go out of business, that's true. Many of those, most of those, had no business going into business in the first place. That's number one. Number two, there's a lot of, especially when you see folks who have the less experience, they're not willing to take this risk of, let's say, let's bring it local to the smash burger. You know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't easy f to the outside world. Like, whoa, suddenly you're different. Everybody is building those toilet cloggers, right? Those massive monster burgers, the bigger, the better, the messier. Yeah, throw that on, throw that on. I see it on Instagram like everybody else. I find a lot of that stuff gross. I don't know why it's even interesting to people. I don't get it. 
However, what you what when you are working with someone like Todd, who's a chef who has experience, one of the key and and you see this. I don't want to draw too much of a parallel, but Steve Jobs and Todd are very similar in the sense. Whoa, whoa! Um, you have. Hey, Mom, are you listening? Hair. Yeah, he looks great. <laughs> Thanks. No he looks great. Now. Well, now, for uh, sure. Steve Jobs among, hair. Um, <laughs> among many of this. Although they say uh, hair grows in the group. No, it's just your body shrinks. Oh. Um, what, one of the things that he said, and he said so many really important things. One of the things he said is the toughest part of his job is saying no. He's surrounded by the best that money can buy. The most creative, the most creative people, the most intelligent people. People who could dream, they could do crazy stuff. But that just because you can doesn't mean you should. And what you see, especially in the food business, is in order to stick out, rather than get the fundamentals in place and to do something like what, whether it's designing an artisanal bread or sourcing something locally or doing, rather than doing the hard work, there's the flash on top. Yeah, let me throw a pineapple on it and let me throw cilantro on it. And I'm, you know what, lettuce, tomato, a red onion. And like all of this junk just starts to accumulate in what is the actual core of your business. So when people, trust me, many people of my technology chums throughout the year say, James, what are you nuts? What are you crazy? You're leaving a world where you're doing very well and things were going great for you, and then you're entering the food business. Well, some of these folks now come to me when they walk into Bodega, somebody just recently, a VC who probably most of the people on the podcast know, and I won't mention his name, he came up to me and said, James, you're not living the dream here. You're living the wet dream here. Because to be able to create and bring something out to market and see a tight development loop, that's what we used to call it, like you bring something into market and then you pull back the feedback so you could really up your game all of the time. Well, when we're developing Agile, what we're able to do is Todd and I will sit and we'll say, okay, now it, we're doing hot dogs. What needs to happen? And then we put together the bun and that was a battle to get the bun right. And then we're doing this and we're doing all of this. Stuff. Then we put it out to market and get the feedback. It's like an amazing business. You, it's, it's a business and I would advocate anybody who has that kind of passion, do the hard work in the fundamentals. And if you're not able to do it, be bright enough no, to know that. Yeah. Seems also with Israel, you know, feedback comes very easily, you know. You get a lot of feedback. Oh, yeah. People yeah. are honest. Instantly, yeah. So it's, I get what you're What's saying. What's the worst feedback you got? Oh, I think someone walked in and said, uh, there's no good American food. This is Meatbach America. Is, there's no good American food. <laughs> no just, such thing as No good such American. thing. And yeah. then he walked out. And I was like, okay. That's very nice. We had a few people bounce because when they saw it was kosher, they left. But a lot of those folks we won over, and some of them come to the restaurant, and I'm not exaggerating, one or two is sometimes three times a day. We have people, it, it, wow. it, it really digs deep. Yeah, we made some believers. They're not long-term clients, I can tell you that. People they won't survive? Yeah, you mean? No, no there, there is a gym around the corner, oh, so okay. we could <laughs> boost fitness. Thanks, Ken. I did want to say <laughs> that when you, when you mentioned, I mean, uh, less intellectual than what James went through, but uh, that uh, I find, you know, having made, made Aliyah, I find the, you mentioned a little bit about the Israeli attitude about Startup Nation. And about, I, I, that attitude here, I find uh, more invigorating than in America. Like, I, for me, like, okay, go try. Go try. So you fail. Okay, so you go try again. And that's the attitude here. And I like that. And for me, it, it makes it less of a barrier uh, to open a business here. 
I mean, maybe everybody's opening one, maybe there's more failing, but people are trying. And you can't have success without the failure part anyways. Mm -hmm. So The question is what you draw from the failure and what you learn from yeah. that. So I, I found it very inspiring, like uh, just Israeli society in general that way, like uh, that everybody's trying to, to do something. Um, is, is interesting and very nice. You spoke about a, a, like a low barrier of entry for, for you know, opening a restaurant. But uh, I wonder, because you spoke about, you know, also coming from America being kind of like the market dictates, sounded, you know, kind of talking about free markets. Here in Israel, is it not harder to open a business? I mean, the whole bureaucratic Bureaucracy. process. And I mean, it's, it's got to be much harder than in the United States. You know, it all depends. It's funny. It's a funny place <laughs> to open a business. It is funny. Look, it, until we start, until Todd and I started working together, I was real, I, I'd done businesses, but they were always in the States. Mm -hmm. So, sorry. Um, the, I think the intimidating factor for an Israeli, you know, my kids are in the army and they tell daddy, you know what? You don't understand anything that goes on in art because you didn't do the army. The culture is so connected to the army and the mentality. That's our biggest you're problem. Like, you're like, kids, <laughs> like, you don't get it. Right? <laughs> so, but I, I defanged them a little bit. We used to travel to the States quite a bit. But um, I, I, I think that I think what Todd said means it counters what you say. There's life is about the, your really your attitude. And it's funny because on a certain level, Israelis claim to be really cynical. I have yet to meet, and I've been around, I'm a little bit older than you. I'm two weeks older than you. Yeah. And a bunch older than you. I have never seen, certainly not a successful one, I have never seen a cynical entrepreneur. When an entrepreneur, there, there's, there's... You gotta be naive. There's, it, <laughs> you, you could call it, you could call it that. I, I call it optimistic. Yeah. There, and, and if... It's a story of Israel, too, sitting around in Europe, running, rubbing our hands. So there's no way that we could fight all the fights that need to happen or in the state, wherever mm -hmm. the, the Jews were. Look how amazing the city looks. I mean, 70 years. We, we, we do it all the time. We take a look and we're like, how did that happen? It, it looks, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. So, so with it the Israelis like to talk a big game on their cynicism. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like I, like I said, I have a son who's in Thailand right now. And I know he's going to wind up sometime in the Chabad house when he's working his way through. We love Chabad and all that, but we're no, probably not what most people would be considering to be religious. But they connect. And there is this kind of fraternity among, or sorority, whatever you want to call it. Right? Uh, there is this connection that Israelis have. It's, it's, it's really this kind of family feel. And part of the, the family-ness is that people are really gruff and they, they stick it to you. You know what? Todd and I were talking about it the other day. So with your brother or anybody's brother or sibling, whatever, there are two slices of pizza left. One is bigger than the other. If it's your sibling, oh, you know what the hell with it. I'll take the bigger one. You know what? He'll, he'll deal. He'll get the... But then if your brother's really hungry, you'll give him both. There's this mentality here. Ethan it doesn't have brothers, so. Siblings or anybody. I had sisters, or so siblings, I had or, all the pizza. So, <laughs> they didn't eat anything. Yeah. Okay. So for I was like, you put on a few, right? So, yeah. Ethan, so, so back on planet Earth with normal people. So but what, what you see here is like there is so, there is so little finery. There is so little boundary among people. And it could really be dreadful at times. No doubt about it. However, I think that that enables Israelis to do miraculous things. And when I say the word miracle, I, what, I want to define that in a very particular way. 
One of my favorite movies in the world is Men in Black 3. If you haven't seen it, it's genius. <laughs> oh my God. I was expecting like Life is Beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. Forrest Gump. <laughs> okay. It's fantastic. Scorsese. Uh, it's fantastic. Okay. The third one. The third one. The third one. The third. Wow. The third. Who, the third. Third. <laughs> Who wrote it and directed Eitan it? Eitan Cohen, I think, wrote yeah, it. Yeah, like someone big. I don't remember who directed maybe Shrek, really? I forget. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This is new to yeah. what? From Dude, bro, two Jewish guys, you know, get back to school. All right, where are the, the Jewish Cohen brothers? Not the Cohen brothers, no. Aton Cohen. Cohen. One of the Not Cohen Ethan. brothers. No. He happens to be a Cohen person, right? He's, he's a priest. Another guy named Cohen. He's a priest, basically. Different Aton. Not Ethan Cohen. I thought it was one of the Cohen So the way they define it. Hollywood. Everybody thinks it's. His agent is like. Yo, no, he changed his name. He wanted to fit. And he changed it to Cohen. It's Hollywood. Oh. <laughs> Anyhow, so what is the definition of a miracle? Is something that shouldn't have happened, but happens anyway. That if you look at a particular path, the way you look, most businesses go out, most things, everything, in the fundamental sense, everything dies. Everything. We're all here. Dies. Even the camera. Just died. Sorry. That's okay. Pause. Pause. Right, the right at the uh, the pinnacle, the climax of, of Men in Black Three, which yeah. is an amazing movie. I haven't seen it. You have to see it. It's fucking. Oh great. my god! What's the third one? So it's when um, they find out what happened with Will Smith's father down in Florida. They, it's this whole thing. They go back to 1969. And they have the whole Miracle Mets, and it's amazing. It's amazing. You have to see the movie. See Better it. than two. One is also excellent. But Isn't there Men a in Black four now? I mean, one's the original. The four was shit. Sucked when they take in parrot where they're in the Eiffel Tower. It, was, it wasn't even part of the continuity of the movie, just like new characters that were boring. And I just I gotta stop writing off sequels automatically, I write them off automatically. Of Godfather or, Part Two, you remember your point? Yeah, um, um, yeah, maybe miracles. Defi so, defining a miracle, so it's things, so yeah, everything at the, the, the nature of reality is that. Things die, things slow down. And at the end, if you take a step back, like you're like, whoa, what's the point? But what is a miracle is something that kind of breaks through. It breaks through that standard pattern that we've all could become used to and in a way expecting. And I think that's where the cynicism comes up. When we're putting something out to market and we see, it's what, that's why I really love the food business you have that immediate gratification of, the, of, of a joy feedback loop that is invigorating, that's fun. I watched you closely, less you, less <laughs> Noor, but I definitely watched a ton. When, that's offensive. <laughs> what, you want me to watch you? I'll watch you too. Yeah, I like not, to be you're watched. You're not pretty when you eat. He's gorgeous <laughs> when he eats. I, I was jealous, that's why I wasn't watching okay. you. Uh, okay. There's this reaction, bam. You, it's amazing. Yeah. Like something, ha there are so many systems in your brain yeah. that are absolutely firing and going bananas. It's, it's it, like drugs, just ones that you're supposed to take. Like, yeah, chemicals, chemicals. chemical reactions, yeah. and that's what's what's awesome too. Is that when you do something like that, it, it's different than the somebody once said. The only way to get any feeling out of a television is to jump into a bathtub when it's plugged in. Right with the TV, the, the difference about food is that it becomes embedded. It really, it, it, it becomes you. Yeah, it becomes part of you. So here we have hundreds of people every day, who are coming to or choosing for with all the competition and all the craziness and everything, every distraction imaginable. 
And they, on their own, create a bodega lovers group on WhatsApp to talk to each other, to connect with each other. We didn't direct that. Cool. It came, it came organically. Mm -hmm. They're choosing. They're, we'd like you to be part of this. We want to be part of that. One of our someone who became a, a good friend of ours who, who started coming to bodega had a baby. And we were making up our bodega T-shirts, and we're going to get to our T-shirt. Don't worry, you're going to get your T-shirt. I was waiting. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm like, is this guy not going to give it? And you know what? It's like I was. I said, Todd, you know what? Let me let me make a, a quick couple onesies for our friends. The look on his face when we presented, hey, Mikey, here's the onesie. He entered a state of shock. People are searching for connection, for love, for recognition in, awesome. in a positive way, and you get to do that every day. That's amazing. Uh, I, I got to say, though, now I'm kind of disappointed about the T-shirts. Why? I want a onesie. Let me tell you, for <laughs> you, we, we have with these crotch... No. <laughs> um, how did you guys meet? Want to take that? Uh, JD. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, same here. Yeah? Same yeah. here. You guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. J-Date's a great thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I have to take this one. I'll take it. Um, no. Let's let... Todd, see, I told you I talked too much. No, but um, let's see. After uh, <laughs> making Aliyah, we uh, we embarked. Uh, we met actually when we f did our first project uh, of Crave in uh, in Jerusalem, and uh, we were brought together with uh, our other two partners, and we met through there. The partners uh, did the shidduch. Yeah, of. well, yeah. So there was one partner that brought us all together, mm -hmm. and uh, what I like to think of is like cream rises to the crop to the top, you know. And so <laughs> in that business. James and I really forged a, a relationship which became that business. Mm -hmm. um, so you clicked immediately? We clicked immediately or? only because his madness <laughs> is very fueling and uh, would drive me crazy. But uh, listen, you have to understand, like for me, what I was singing mostly with James and we became friends, but as working partners, James had a lot to offer. I mean, the whole idea of the marketing, like you could make a great product. Like I do, I make a great product, but James is not idea. enough. It's Nowadays. not enough, right? Yeah. It's not enough. His uh, thinking outside the box of like bringing it to market and applying these, these ideas of uh, the high tech market and how he used to market that and was very interesting to me, very exciting. And uh, I, I'm not, I'm not coming from that. Like it had small restaurant, had high end restaurants. So you don't know when markets like that. No one does that kind of thing. But this was a totally different beast. What we were, what we were building, um, where it was like street food and you know accessible food for a lot of people. And how do you get that message out? So James gives me like every opportunity to 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 be creative, which I love. So he just throws the ball at me. So he's like, James, call me up all the time. Hey, Trump's coming to town. I need a Trump. We need to do a Trump burger. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's like, was it the oh, best? It was, it, was it was the best. We had all the best yeah, people okay. putting it together. <laughs> yeah. All the good people. A bunch of smart people. Uh, with Geniuses. the best ingredients. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and the best words to describe it. So, strongest, uh, strongest, strongest burger yeah. in the world. So we, but like constantly was, uh, but I, you know, and understood what the impact was, like what the need for that is. Like as a chef, you're like, what the hell? I don't fucking need to do this shit every day. Like, but I understood what the idea was behind the marketing of it. And not only that, it becomes fun. Like, you know, uh, we were, myself and, and uh, my sous chef, uh, Yotam, at the time, we would sit down, we would throw us an idea, and we'd be like, okay, what do you think? This is what we should do. <laughs> we'd come up with some great things. And it was fun. And, but the whole, and, and that's what really perpetuated the business and, and, and pushed it. 
and defined it and what it was. Uh, it was keeping my creativity fresh and it was a fresh uh, way of looking at marketing and pushing it. So we really hit it off and we knew that we were really the essence of that business, what was going on. And we had other ideas about what, where we wanted to take that partnership, what we want to do with it. And Bodega really is a, is a, is a product of that. So uh, maybe this, this is a good way to, to end, but I wonder if, uh, if the opportunity presented itself for Bodega to uh, spread, to become a franchise. Let's say, I mean, not, you know, McDonald's, but if you could open 100 branches all over the world, all over Israel, is that something that you feel like is a possibility? Would you be interested or is, it, is there a philosophy behind like, okay, there's just one spot? Well, those conversations are happening right now. I can't really get into a lot of it because a lot of it is early. But the, the point of what we do is to touch as many people as possible. And but, I th- but legally, legally, <laughs> <laughs> above the table, <laughs> on setting the table, right? Um, that that's happening. That that's part of our of our plan, and that's kind of what's cool about doing it from here, because there's a big world out there, and um, a lot of yeah, there are a few smatterings here or there of people who do eat kosher, but that's not our market. Our market is folks who are eating halal people who are looking for a particular experience that they hadn't had before. Those are the kind of conversations that we're having. The Ramal- Ramallah branch. Of the branch. Sure. I think there's already a KFC there, right? And somebody <laughs> yeah, told me about in that. In Hebron or something. In Hebron, yes. Yeah. Yes, the Hebron KFC. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Well, what we, what, sorry, what, what we like to say about ourselves is we're the only... Um, Israeli or Jewish, whatever organization that's pro BDS. Why are we pro BDS? Yeah, burgers, dogs, sandwiches. Uh, okay. So, we're the BDS organization that <laughs> you could all believe in. Nice. Uh, so, so, so sh- short answer is yeah. And in fact, in that vein, I want to give you guys a gift. Yes, yes. I'm extra the, small. I was gonna say you didn't bring enough. TMI, brother. <laughs> TMI. Oh. Uh, no, anyway, <laughs> anyway, but I did. So this, I don't know if folks are uh, looking at the camera. This is our tagline, if you see. Pastrami Kings of the Middle East. Oh, that's that's amazing. us. And this is going to be my favorite shirt and my girlfriend's. It's really comfortable, like, too. Since that's the only thing like, I most pajamas. hated. Fit, She's going to hate it. Uh, made in Israel, locally sourced, of course, as well. Nice. Amazing. Amazing. So this is for you guys. These Yay. are official Bodega uh, one day it'll, it'll, it'll be worth a bunch. Well, you're, you're going to laugh, but we actually had somebody in who bought the shirt and wanted Todd and me to sign it. Cool. Really? Yeah. So, well, we're not going to do that for you guys. Yeah. But that's just weird. No, we want it on our chests. I want it in like a. Again? Like a magic marker. So <laughs> oh, you oh really your chest this time. Light. Okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah. So when they find me, I tell it. them, you know, my signature and 45 shekels gets you a burger. <laughs> <laughs> so anything you want to plug? Wasn't this what we were Maybe doing like, for an hour? <laughs> Wasn't it like just a, a big plug? Some kind of restaurant or something? Yeah, yeah you know, food recommendations in Tel Aviv. Look, when I, <laughs> I, I think it's real easy to say, oh, the bodega. okay, obviously, but there's a lot of cool stuff going on. People should hang out. People should try different things. 
Um, where is the bodega? I'll, I'll, I'll do. I'll do it for you. Go to bodega, guys. But where? Where? Literally, where? the food was amazing. It's Thank right you. across from Cinematek. Carlibach, right? Four, Fourteen Carlibach. Fourteen Carlibach. Not a five-minute walk from. It looks like a really cool joint. I'm I'm definitely gonna be there very soon. Awesome. And thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank really, you. it was amazing. Really, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for man. the gifts so and the, the you, merch and the food. Yes. Um, before we go, yes. we we have a collaboration with uh, the Jewish Journal, uh, JewishJournal.com. They do columns. They got podcasts. So guys, check them out. JewishJournal.com. The David Suisa podcast. The uh, Rosner. Shmuel Rosner. Check yep. them out. And and we collaborate with Arutz Sheva. IsraelNationalNews.com. Um, they have great content, great articles, so go and, and nice Facebook page also. Yeah, we're Can, on their Facebook page. We're yeah. on their their website. Sometimes. So go check them out and yeah, and also, also last <laughs> thing, uh, we do this on our free time. So to NJB.com/slash/donate if you want to help us out. Again, thank you guys so thank much. Thank you so much. Really, for coming. it's been amazing. Amazing, amazing yeah. food. Good luck. Thanks. Expect to see you there. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.